wouldn't happen if they had good tarbiya. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu salam ala rasulillah ma ba'd. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and welcome back to Beyond the Member, our inshallah weekly podcast inshallah that we'll be discussing um, different uh, things, different topics relating to the viewers of course and giving the Islamic perspective about those actual topics. Uh, alhamdulillah, today is a, um, is a special session inshallah of course because I'm joined with Imam Mustafa Abu Rayyan once again. How are you Sheikh? Alhamdulillah, akhi, wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm doing very good, barakallah fiqh. Fiqh barakallah. Now, <clears throat> behind me, we've got uh, an image and it says PG, which is parental guidance, which is kind of the topic yeah. of the day, parental guidance. Yeah. Now, um, it's kind of like a wordplay. You know, obviously this stuff you see on uh, movies or, or series or whatever in yeah. terms of this thing that you're viewing in, in this parental guidance when you're watching it. So that in itself is something that, you know, we're going to talk about today not watching uh, things that have pg on it but rather um the guidance that parents are giving their children no. first and foremost and also the parents themselves needing guidance in order to guide of their course. children of course so my first question inshallah ta'ala is what are the objectives right for parents when they have children when people get married you know because yeah. someone who's watching this maybe they don't have children but one day they will be married yeah inshallah ta'ala and they hope to have children What's the objective behind having children? Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. There are plenty of reasons to, to have children, right? It's part and parcel of being human. And it's what it's almost a thing that people don't think about. It's almost, they, everyone knows like, okay, you're meant to, as you grow up, you're meant to get married, you're meant to have children. Mm. And it's almost uh, in our fitrah, in our nature, right? Uh, to procreate. Uh, you see this not only in humans, but also in all, all, all of Allah's other creation on, on this earth as well, right? Procreating. And, uh, but as human beings, and more specifically as Muslims, we always have higher objectives and uh, greater aims. So we have children because it's one of those things that make people happy, of course. Uh, but as Muslims, we have children uh, for number one, because it is uh, a sunnah. Is the Sunnah of the Prophets, right? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions that the greatest people, the Prophets, we gave them wives and children, right? And it's something that they strove for. Now you can have children because you want. Um, you, it could be for a very selfish reason. You want, as you grow older, someone to be there for you as you were there for them when they were younger, and that kind of exchange, right? Um, you could, but as from an Islamic perspective. The Prophet asks us to have children so that we can increase the people that believe in Allah and follow the Prophet and do good. Mm. So there's a element of following that sunnah of the Prophet and the Prophet wants as many people saved and as many people going to Jannah and as many people beating upon good. And he mentioned, I will be, uh, uh, the Prophet will be happy and he will be proud of the amount of believers of his, within his ummah, mm. right? So the, that the, so an objective could be I want to raise a believers that will then raise believers and and that goes on right. Yeah. One beautiful objective of having a child is mentioned in the Quran about Prophet Zakaria. The Prophet Zakaria grows up and he had, Allah does not give him any children and he becomes very old. And this you can read this in the beginning of Surah Two, uh, Maryam. 
So he says to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, grant me a child. Why? This child will inherit me. Now we know prophets do not leave an inheritance. Uh, the Prophet said prophets are not inherited from. So why would he say that? What is he hoping for his child who will be Yahya to inherit? It will be the prophethood, the nubuwa, the message, the da'wah. So an objective of having children should be continuing the beautiful message of Tawheed. There are no more prophets coming. And it is us who are carrying the mantle of La ilaha illallah and spreading the truth and justice and Tawheed and goodness and Sunnah in the world and among your objectives should be that you are continuing that legacy through your children by teaching them and them doing all that goodness. Um, and then there is one that is personal to you. And that is among the things that will continue on benefiting you after you die is A righteous child that makes dua for you. Which is why the greatest thing one can do for their parents after they pass away is making dua for them. It is even better than a lot of people, they give charity on their behalf. But the, the Prophet ﷺ said, This is the best thing that you can do, so making dua for them. So, so, so you want, you're going to have children that after you pass away, they will make dua for you. You're going to have children that will continue on the legacy of Islam. You want to have children because the Prophet ﷺ, this will make him happy and proud in their judgment if you raise them as believers. So there's many reasons why you should have children that, that are tied to your deen. And then, of course, dunya benefits as well. Human beings love companionship. We want uh, be, to procreate and have children. It's part and parcel of life. It's in our nature. Yeah. There's plenty of, of reasons why. You, know, you, you mentioned uh, the whole thing about <coughs> carrying the, the, the mantle of La ilaha illallah. Nah. And earlier you spoke to me about this and you said, uh, you gave me the parable example that if you look at yourself, the person that you are today, yeah. how many generations were there before you yeah. to that person, that one person or that group or whoever yeah. in your family that accepted Islam. the message yes. of Al-Islam yeah. and to the point where you here standing, I'm sitting with you doing this uh, yeah. podcast, discussing this yeah. matter, you know, and that one itself is uh, a great objective to have in terms of when you're having uh, yeah. children. It's it's amazing because um, that's just uh, just having children and raising them as, as believers. But imagine when you teach them Quran and then every time they pray, the reward that you get. Uh, Allah rewards you for uh, uh, raising them, for feeding them, for taking care of them. So there is also all this ajar and this reward that comes out of it. And uh, not to mention the person's satisfaction and, and happiness, right? Uh, I mean, mashallah, you recently, uh, Allah blessed you with a, uh, with a son. And just the feeling of that blessing, the, the happiness that that gives you, right? SubhanAllah. Uh, one of the things that Allah made dear to us as humanity is having children, right? Um, so it's um, it's um, it's it's a barakah and it's it's blessings. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and um, grant us many children and keep them righteous. And you see the opposite as well. When someone is tested with losing a child, how much pain they go through, it just amplifies and makes you understand how much joy yeah. children can add to your life. Yeah. Right. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala keep them all safe. Allahumma ameen. Allahumma ameen. Now, me and you are discussing this now, and um, obviously we want people to you know to benefit from the discussion that we're having and they're just sitting here watching us talking. Everything that we mentioned about having children, you know, yeah. and and um, the objectives behind having children and the feeling of having children, for people out there who are watching who are part of the this beautiful ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What 
the future of this ummah yes. are the children. And yeah. you know, being part of this masjid, we see a lot of youth initiatives being brought into into the masjid now. And yeah. then, uh, even Imam Zakawallah was talking about, you know, the importance of the youth and the youth, you know, we need to look after the youth. So what what happened to to it's becoming something have we have we lost focus or do we need to refocus on the issue of the youth and the issue of our children? Because we are seeing such emphasis on on youth work, youth education, youth tarbiyah, that um, where is this uh, energy, this focus, this this coming from? Uh, is it a problem that everyone is recognizing? I think, I think um, there is a, I think there is a uh, an understanding, especially in the Muslim communities right now, that we cannot just be uh, passive agents, just watching our children grow up, yeah. because uh, you have to be actively involved. And there must be uh, a so we must have constant positive influence in their lives, mm-hmm. whether that comes through you as a parent or through the institutions that are supporting you, such as the madrasa, the masjid, etc. Right? Uh, and uh, I think this is uh, we, we are seeing a lot of the younger people either uh, struggling to stay uh, upon the right path, or they are getting involved in things they not should, should be getting involved in, and. There is way too many of the too much of that happening. You always have people that are going through challenges, but when it's happening at such a mass scale, and uh, so what can we do to 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 mitigate that, or what can we do to to help them come back? And there should always be a focus on the shabab. There should always be focusing on the youth because they are the mustaqbal, they are the future, and uh, it should be. Um, uh, they will inherit the world. We inherited the world that our parents and them, they left behind and they will inherit the world that we will leave behind and so on and so forth. And uh, there should be a an active um, uh, response. There should be a responsibility upon everyone, upon parents, educators, more specifically parents, to understand what kind, am I preparing the my children or, or, or are we preparing the youth for this world? And what can we do to improve that and why is it that why is it that they're not ready to face the challenges of the world and then those shortcomings and often the shortcomings are in the home are then now being tried to uh, filled with all these other programs right but i i personally believe that we always we need these supplementary programs right you need the madrasa teacher and the local imam and maybe even the school or whatever the case is around you the support network you need it but in the end of the day the person that is giving tarbiyah and raising is the father and the mother. Yeah. It, that's where it starts. Now, and you know, uh, part of um, part of dealing with a problem is recognizing that there is a problem. Absolutely. So, which co- brings me kind to the to the next question is, what what issues are children and the shabab and the youth facing um, as they're growing up in the world today? Uh, Subhanallah. I mean, look, children and, and growing up. Anywhere, at any time, we're always going to face challenges. It's just part and parcel of life. But has those challenges increased? Yes. And as Muslims, now we're dealing with completely different type of challenges. Now you're growing up in a world where um, the most uh, being, you might be in an area where being Muslim is not the most popular thing. Or you might feel that your faith is something that you shouldn't be proud of. You shouldn't openly display. You might feel some inferiority you might be going to a school where everyone else isn't muslim you might be living in a society which is happening to a lot of us and especially in the west and people are this is a different type of challenge than someone that 
is going through uh, has a different set of circumstances in their life so uh, the people's faith are being challenged especially islam nowadays um then you have all these other um before we lived in a world where religion was respected now we live in a world where religion all of it is completely disregarded and you have this rise of um not having any deen and not um adhering to any any religious values so you're faced with that and all these other anti-islamic kind of um, messages are they prepared enough for that and then you add to that uh, that a lot of people uh, that are in the west they are like maybe second generation and that means that there's that uh, they're immigrant families and that comes with its own own challenges so there's loads of challenges that they are growing up and 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 facing and seeing and it is our responsibility the parents yeah. and then also the responsibility of uh, the community in general yeah. to ensure that we make that journey as easy for them as possible by preparing them you know um i have i have a theory and i'm going to share it with you okay inshallah. um should we get the tin foil hat <laughs> <laughs> you know um the thing is i feel um raising you know four children now yeah alhamdulillah it's um the dunya is so beloved yeah you know um and from 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 our parents who who moved from a different locality a location different part of the world with things that were not really you know dunya based i'm gonna say dunya based right you know we had we lived in homes where there was always a drawer full of candles you know, if the electricity went out, you know where to you find put the candles on, yeah. That's it, right? And our children will never, never know that, you know. And because the, the dunya is so, is 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 accessible is, and available. Ex- 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 exactly. Not even that. How do you even go to? It's a dem- it's like I mix. I I should have it. Yeah. It's not the fact that I have a roof over my head. I have yeah. food. I have this and I have that. No, these are the things I should yeah. have. You know, if I'm not having, if I'm deprived of yeah. these things, let alone talking about internet yeah. and and accessibility to 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 those vices, um, if I should have these things, and if I don't have them, I'm being oppressed, right? So because they would t- we've take take took them away from yeah. that, and the and the dunya is like something that is the, is, is I should have uh, level of shukr as well. So so uh, young people that are growing up in environments that they are that's like extremely comfortable. Yeah and luxurious yeah they will struggle more understanding uh, that uh, concept such as sabar and shukur yeah patience and gratitude and that would come a lot easier if you lived in a state where things weren't so readily available or readily accessible so that come, brings its own challenge yeah i see i see your point and it's um and even that actually to you know to link that straight to if you have a problem thanking and being grateful to your parents What's your situation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Subhanallah, subhanallah. May Allah make us among those that constantly thank him. It's uh, It really is a, it's among those challenges, right? So the world changed. The world changed. Now you have people, you're right. Um, we have uh, people are very materialistic now, right? They they have access to all of this, the, the this this worldly, um, these worldly luxuries. And does that have an effect on their iman? Does that have an effect on their worldview? And uh, it's these things that, as someone is growing up, you, you need to uh, you need to prepare them. You need to raise them and mold them in a way where they do have shukur, where they do understand that the, the concept of struggling for your dunya and, uh, of course, more importantly for your deen. Um, but you know, it's not even like let's say we can say that this is our like me myself, like you said, I've just had a son recently, yes. right? And the love I have for him, you know, and all my children is that 
I want to give them the best of everything. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's coming from an innocent place. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say to the to, to viewers, the people listening out there, take your children and, and live them, live in a poor place so they can learn shukr and learn gratitude. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But there's got to be a, yeah, a balance, it, right? Yes. So, but okay, let's ask this question then. If a child grows up in luxury, does that automatically mean that they will end up being someone that is an ingrate, someone that is ungrateful in life or someone that is... Often that happens, right? Because, but that wouldn't happen if they had good tarbiyah. So good tarbiyah can override whatever uh, path you are upon. So let's say there are loads of... Uh, like Someone could be uh, living in the most luxurious lifestyle, but if his parents are granting him the, the, the best tarbiyah possible, and they are teaching him patience and they're teaching him gratitude and they're teaching him being submissive to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all the good values that come with that, right? Then he might be faced with different challenges, right? So someone that has everything needs to learn humility, right? Right? And someone that has nothing needs to learn uh, to uh, he needs to learn patience and understand that the world isn't about just these these uh, the, the luxuries and that there is a greater purpose. So you have different challenges, but in the end, what is the 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 connecting line is that everyone needs tarbiyah so whether you're uh, someone that came from a rich background or a poor background your parents still need to give you tarbiyah right so it's uh, but that being said the fact that the world is now it's easier have you heard this quote that uh, hard times create it was a strong men yeah. and then uh, and then strong men create good times and good times create something on those lines right so so it is that through um, struggle yeah, yeah. Uh, you become you become you build stronger. character and stronger and yeah. that's true yeah but we should also uh, thank allah for the blessings that allah has given us uh, tarbi in any case should be done and this is the point we, we we need to realize what do our children need and then we need to give that to them and if you can't give that to them you need to get someone that can whether that is ilm knowledge whether that is uh, the, the correct Islamic values, whatever that case is. So it's important that we understand uh, and assess your children and see what they need and provide that for them. So if someone is raising a child and they start seeing that they are not humble enough, then they need to instill that value in them. And if someone is not grateful enough, they need to instill that value in them. I think that's how it works generally. Now, next part we want to talk about now is kind of we recognize the situation of our children and 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 what society the society that they live in and everything so you were mentioning to me that we should be given uh, you know advice there should be like something to follow yeah you know something to follow when it comes to raising our children yeah you know and uh for me obviously us as muslims there's only one way to follow and that's the way of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so prophetic advice prophetic tarbiyah yeah how are we raising our children inshallah uh, i think just like we learn how to pray how to how to give zakat, how to go to hajj and people. How to. Uh, yes, yes. We have a, a lot of how-to videos on our channel. Don't yeah. we? So we do this. Uh, I think we should also learn how to raise our children. Mm. And actually, as a parent, you ask yourself, okay, what should I be focusing on? What should my priorities be? And what your priorities are in life will reflect on what your priorities are and how you raise your children. Right? Yeah. If your priorities in life is that you just want... Uh, a, a good job and a stable income and this, that or the other, and that's all what you're going to be focusing on. But again, as Muslims, we have higher goals than that. And to be able to raise your children right, you need to be right. 
to be able to influence them in good, you need to be good, right? And then they are a mirror of you. They are a mirror of you. They do what you do and they look at you uh, day in and day out. They see you, right? If you smoke or do drugs, then it's very hard for your children to not do that. If you don't pray, you don't expect them to pray and it will be hypocritical of you. So, and if you are someone that is involved in their deen, in all of its aspects, then this is something that will uh, have a good, good and positive impact on your children. So the first step is you start with yourself and say, well, am I ready uh, to be a good father and mother? And if you already are, am I a good father or mother? And what do I uh, measure myself with? If you only measure yourself with, I feed them, I clothe them, I send them to school, right? They look very shiny and nice, and I do my job. This is what I'm supposed to do. That is no. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to just look at the outside, right? In fact, the biggest part of your child that you should be focused on is their heart. Is it their heart connected to Allah? Do they understand their responsibilities in this world and the world to come? Do they know why they are here? Why Allah created them? Do they understand that their biggest priority is their religion? This is what you're supposed to be doing. And outsourcing now there's this concept that they mention is outsourcing parenting so you're so busy with chasing the dunya you you use other means to raise your children right drop them off to school get them drop them off to madrasa you know let the ustad deal with it and uh, let the imam deal with it and you have no active involvement in your life sometimes the reason is because the person doesn't feel like they already which is where education comes in educate yourself right and this is why we need a lot more you know uh, workshops on okay what how do you do you raise each other and also it's okay that if you don't know but you need to have the right mindset you need to have the right mindset i just saw the other day a woman uh who i think her daughter was blind if i'm not mistaken and she would read to her the the work she was doing in university until she until she passed so the mother was so involved i think they gave her an honorary an honorary um uh, a degree or something like that the point is that look how involved she was Right, and so involvement is key, and before your involvement is so prevalent, ask yourself why am I so involved? What do I want out of this relationship between me and my child? What do I want out of it? I want to raise someone that understands Allah, the Messenger, and what to do in their life as a Muslim. And I don't care if they become the greatest heart surgeon, or they work in the local supermarket. Of course, I mean you do care, yeah. but the point I'm trying to make is, if you had to choose between those two. You would ask yourself, okay, they work in the local supermarket, but they pray five times a day, and they go to Jumaa, and they uh, they know Allah and His Messenger, and they read the Quran, or they have the best job in the world, but they don't pray at all, or they have no connection to the Deen. Which one do you choose, and which one is going to make du'a for you after you die, and which one every act of worship that they do will come to you in your grave, and which one is pleasing to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? This is the mindset that you need to have, and to do that, you need to employ prophetic tarbiyah, which means. The Prophet told us, teach them how to pray when they're seven, right? And this actually, this reminds me of a famous statement. It's attributed sometimes to the Prophet, it's not hadith. It's sometimes attributed to Umar al-Khattab, but also that's not authentic. But it's a beautiful statement uh, nonetheless. And that is, uh, uh, right? It's about your children. It says, uh, play with them the first seven. Play with them the first seven, right? Then it says, uh, now, discipline, educate them the next seven. So between the ages of zero to seven, you let them play, you let them be children. And this is something even in the Quran, subhanAllah, Allah talks about a child playing. 
Yusuf, when his brothers, when they said to her father, although they had, of course, uh, evil intentions with their, with, their, with their younger brother, Yusuf, what did they say? Let him come with us. You know, he's going to come and play. And, and this concept of children playing. So you let them play. And then the next seven, that's key, from seven to 14, that, that age, which is 14. Why 14? Because that's when Blur, that's when they often, maybe a year before, a year after, is when they become uh, legal adults from an Islamic, Islamic perspective, meaning they have to pray and they have to uh, do their obligations, right? Yeah, lunar calendar. Sah. Yeah, the uh, lunar calendar, of course. Very, <laughs> very good. Right? So uh, uh, the, uh, those years is when you educate them. You educate them about Allah about the prayer, about their obligations from an Islamic perspective, and also educate them about the dunya. Basically, you educate them and you prepare them. And then if you do that properly, those seven, and their formative years, then sahibhu sab'an, the final seven, from the age of 14 to 21, that be their friends. Right? Be their friends because you've put in the work. But who can do that? Who can trust they're 15 year old, 16 year old, to make the right decisions and just be there as a general guide if you've put the work in, in their formative years, in those years that came before, right? And you do that by first being a good example, right? And we, the concept of being a role model, a qudwa, is heavily emphasized in our religion, but, right? And then you have the concept of, of course, um, being very loving to your children. Right, and the Prophet's example to how he was with his children and how he was with his grandchildren. You have to be a very loving and sometimes certain characteristics don't, don't come to you naturally. You'll find that actually. So someone he says, you know, I'm naturally um uh there's a brother the other day he told us like I'm just naturally like I'm not very um he finds affection is a, a, bit, a bit much. Like he said, I'm not naturally affectionate. Mm. And I find it weird. That's what I said. <laughs> and it's like there's people a lot create people differently, right? But then you, uh, there's a hadith uh, uh, that uh, the cause of tahallum and ta'allum, right? That they are naturally, they, they are, uh, they are khuluq uh, that is acquired, a character that is acquired, and they have a character uh, that Allah embeds in you, right? Someone is naturally patient. Do you ever come across someone, someone naturally calm, naturally patient, you know, naturally smiling? And then do you have think, characters that you acquire? You actually learn, you, you, you learn them. It's the whole nature versus nurture, right? So you need to nurture yourself into becoming the kind of person that will mold and, and raise and nurture a good child. So if you're lacking somewhere naturally, you must make up for that. So if you're someone that maybe doesn't show a lot of affection, then compensate for that. Actually try and show affection. If you're the kind of person that usually doesn't like to get involved, compensate for that. And of course... The two, the two spouses need to complement each other and help each other because this is a project, right? This is a project. Well, like it is. It's um, uh, it's something that you have you have to manage your children, uh, like you would manage any project, and you need to manage your life like you would manage any project because, in the end of the day, you want to go to Jannah and you want your children to go to Jannah, and this is why you have to put the work in. Wallahi. So number one, is uh, of course ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to guide them and making du'a for them. The du'a of the parents accepted. So make the eye for your child, and remember why you're having them, and and those those objectives. Then put in the work in yourself first, right? Um, if if you're sending a child to madrasa for years, but you can't read the Quran yourself, you know they can ask themselves like, yeah. if you tell them all the time read the Quran, <laughs> yeah, right, read the Quran, but they never see you opening the mushaf, right? These things happen, right? But why are rotting your brain all day? Go and read a book. 
and then you sit and you put the TV on. They see that, and when they see that, they, someone said to me once, it's quite interesting, they say, children never do as they're told, but they do what they see. So they'll copy you, right? You tell them read, they won't read, but if they see you every day picking up a book, it will be very likely that they might do it as well. So um, we have to keep these things in mind, especially the salah, which is so important, right? Teaching them the salah, commanding them the salah, right? Um, the uh, then, then you have, of course, uh, accepting the qadr of Allah. Sometimes you do everything right. Uh, we never do everything right, but you know what I mean. You you try and you do your best. You follow the prophetic example. You're affectionate. You teach them their deen. You spend time with them. You do all of that. But then Allah tests you with a child that maybe doesn't respond to all of this da'wah. Then there's a time where you accept the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You always strive to better because uh, Allah taught us that sometimes you will be tested with your family. Look at Prophet Nuh alayhi salam. And uh, one of his sons uh, didn't accept the message, right? So, but that is... Uh, that is a challenge and a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but most cases if you put the work in then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like the, the asbab if you put the asbab and the reasons and, and, the, and the means if you put them up uh, then inshallah khair will come, come out of it Yeah, right. we need more active parenting mm. uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy Ameen. Uh, for, for all of us Ameen. Uh, you know mentioning the story of uh, Nuh alayhi salam I heard um, I, can't I was on the way here to the masjid and something was on on Unity FM and uh, it was a khutbah and uh, it was discussing this you know where because look um, we, we mentioned about you know being active parents and continuing you know regardless of the situation and regardless if you're seeing change or not you know Nuh alayhi salam he gave da'wah you know for 950 odd years you know and then his child you know he didn't accept the message None of us are ever going to give da'wah Allah, Allah, for, for, for that many years. You know, the forbearance and the tolerance and, yeah. and the patience you need to have to be a parent is something that you also need to keep in mind. And the other thing is, um, when we're talking about the environment at home and, and being an active parent, sometimes I feel that we will have such high expectations on our children uh, and that that leads to them, you know, putting us putting pressure on them. Uh, to the point where they may not reach those ex expectations, you know, and we'll get angry and upset. Why they're not doing this? Why don't they do that? You know, and with that, you need to be in that. That comes with pa patience, of course, as well. And the environment at home. I was talking to the one of the trustees, and he was saying to me that the environment at home should be an environment in which a child is escaping the world to come home, instead of instead of a child escaping their their home. And going to the world like the world is an escape for them you know rather it should be the opposite where the, the house is an escape from the world yeah. you know yeah and i was uh, like put things into into perspective so in terms of people who are already practicing people who, who are doing everything that they are and that they should be doing how do they kind of um go about not being too strict do you know what I mean? Like creating an environment which is the kids play. Like, Look, uh, I, I think it goes back to um, again your understanding of the deen. Mm. The deen is never the deen is not strict, yeah. right? The deen of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is perfectly balanced, yeah. right? But sometimes it is our understanding that might not be the best, mm. right? So, um, like, we we shouldn't uh, being a religious practicing family that wants to adhere to the deen should not mean that 
the the life that your children are going to live is so restricted and so strict and so full of rules to the point where uh, they're suffocating, right? And there's plenty, alhamdulillah, there is a lot more halal than is haram, right? And uh, in our deen, there is fusha, right? There is ease, there is, there is, there is, a, there is a enjoyment. So, in fact, as Muslim parents, you need to dial that up and give them as much uh, um, ease as possible, right? This is why it, it shouldn't be the case that if a child is memorizing the Quran, that we make it so difficult on them to the point where they dislike the, the, the Quran, right? And we need to keep an eye on them and realize, uh, are we... Now, there are certain things, right? So so the, the wajibat must be done, of course, their prayers and everything, right? But even then, there should be a sense of satisfaction and love and an enjoyment that comes out of the ibadah and the acts of worship that's being done. And the environment in which they are learning their deen should be one that is full of smiles and happiness, right? It shouldn't be the case that, oh, I gotta do this again. It should, they should never feel that way. And wallahi, we need to keep track of that. Because the moment that they start associating negative feelings with the study of the Quran, negative feelings with going to madrasa, negative feelings with listening to a lecture or whatever the case is, this is problematic. And I've actually, I was reading that even as when they're very young, you associate things that makes them happy with the deen. Like you give a five-year-old ice cream and he's enjoying the ice cream. He's super happy, right? And you may tell them, this is why we should be thankful to Allah. So you 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 make that connection early on that uh, we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of gratitude, right? Out of love. And you also go overboard in making uh, the two Eids extremely fun for them. And also show them that our religion isn't one that's just rules and rules and rules. And that's not the case, right? That's not the case. And also, you need to sometimes... Uh, uh, look at uh, allow them to make mistakes. Mm. Allow your children to 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 make mistakes because because you made mistakes, mm. right? And if you expect them to be perfect, they will not. They will not be perfect, and you will end up being disappointed, right? Because you raised the bar so high, and you will be disappointed, and they will never be able. They will try and try and try to get that smile that that I'm proud of you out of you, and you're never doing it because you're never satisfied, and that just creates such a so sometimes let them win. Allow them the the W, right? The win. Right? Wallahi, it's a, it's a, it's don't a, give them the L all the no, time. Don't give them the L all the time, right? So someone comes to you and, okay, okay well, how, how, how did you do the test? Well, I passed, but I got this mark or whatever the case is, right? Sometimes just tell them that they did a good job, right? And of course, should we push them to improve? Always. But you need to also show them that if they are failing in their dunya, that that is not as big of a problem as if they will be failing in their akhirah. Uh, you know, on that on that note, you yeah. know, even uh, celebrating things dunya based, you know. Yeah. Um. Someone mentioned to me, whenever my child would um learn a juice or learn a, learn a surah, even maybe, we would do something for them. Yeah. You know, we go out for a meal or whatever. Yeah. To motivate them, you know, yeah. and, and and building that love for the uh, the 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 dean. Yeah. But actually, uh, it's been f- quote unquote fruitful. Jazakallah khair. Um, I know we've, we've. I'm just conscious of the time. Inshallah, there's a lot that, that can be said about this topic. Yeah. And I hope people can take away, 
you know, uh, good points from it and practical points as well, inshallah, in terms of, you know, guidance for the parents when they're raising their children and also what guidance they need to put to give to their to their children. You know, no, absolutely. I think uh, I mean to really summarize the points that, that uh, number one, uh, the uh, we are now living in environments that and in circumstances that are maybe making it more difficult and we have a responsibility to not only protect them from the world but prepare them for it as well and the best way to do that is through the prophetic model and that involves us educating ourselves what are the best way to raise our children to teach our children to prepare our children to nurture our children and we do that through um, number one understanding the right objective which is we want to raise the next generation of believers that carry the mantle of la ilaha illallah and for them to do that we have to be the right models so focus on yourself build yourself and then also nurture them through love and affection and this will be a healthy dose of that through following the sunnah and teaching them right from wrong focusing on their islamic values prioritizing the deen over the dunya and also uh, understanding that by the way, a really important point that I want to make is that parents not go, are not going to always be right. Sometimes you think you're always right, but you're not. And sometimes you should uh, have a second look and a third look at the decisions that you're making. And, and also um, don't force your child on a path that they don't want to be on when it comes to dunya. I think a lot of times that happens and it creates, um, if, if, you, if you, you need to be, you need to be, um, intelligent enough and aware enough to understand that if someone is not made to be a certain type of person yeah. you shouldn't force them sometimes we do that and we just create more and more problems and prioritize on what is going to what is going to um, uh, we get angry yeah you we know literally when you're speaking all I can think of myself as being emotionally mature yeah. and, and aware of your emotions and not let them get the best yeah. of you but Ask yourself, what are the things that make me angry, right? And uh, I will never give this, forget this example. If spilled milk gets you as upset as a misprayer, you have misunderstood the objectives of your life and the deen. A misprayer and spilled milk, these are two are not the same, right? These two are not the same. And uh, in any case, they both need to be dealt with. But how you deal with them and having that kind of understanding that priority that the the deen has more priority over the dunya in the deen there are certain things that have more priority the salah has the most more priority for example after the la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah after tawheed and then certain things in dunya you can slide you can forgive right there should be a healthy dose of forgiveness uh, a healthy dose of affection in, in, in raising your children and following the prophetic example and remembering that Allah may test you with your children yeah. Uh, as you are attached to them as well. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide them all, and to guide us, Ameen. and to bring us all uh, uh, in to His mercy and in Jannah. Amen. You know, the thing you mentioned about spoiled, spilled milk is really profound, you know, because um, the thing that I told you earlier that my, my wife mentions to me is that the the, the way that my, my children should go to madrasa should be better than the way that they're attending school, like as in, in terms of the thobes and abayas and hijabs they all need to be on point and ironed you know because they go to school with ironed uniforms you know and 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 also they they're always on time at school they're never late so why should we, they we be should, late from no, this, these are the things that on a society if, if, as a muslim community if we don't change right are our madrasas do we regard them as important as our schools if not why 
and uh, and we need to ask ourselves this because the trends that we set in society as the adults is what they're going to learn from more than what we say to them, right? You can say all day long to them, the madrasa is more important or the Quran is more important than your, your regular education. But if you're constantly uh, going after them for not doing their homework, but you don't really follow up on the Quran, you're telling them that the Quran is less important. Right, so this is the this is the idea, right? So may Allah make it easy on us. Barakallah. I think we'll end it there, inshallah ta'ala. Um, I hope this uh, actual podcast, this conversation has been very beneficial to those who are watching. Remember, inshallah ta'ala, we're trying to make this a weekly thing. Uh, inshallah, if you put in the comments what you'd like to hear from the conversation, uh, we'll always be me, inshallah, with Imam Mustafa, alhamdulillah, and sometimes we'll have special guests coming in. So uh, until next time, I've been Muhammad Basaid uh, with Imam. Mustafa Burrayan and this has been Beyond the Member Subhanakallahu Bihamdi Kashadullah Ilaha 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 Ila